I always fully believe that everybody has their own voice and their own vision of things. So there will never be too many mom bloggers. There will never be too many fitness or food. And and it's something that a lot of bloggers disagree with me with. But I have to say, because I've been in it for so long, I really do believe that, that everybody has their own spin to something, even on a simple banana bread recipe. I'm going to have my own spin on it than somebody else. So you just, whose voice do you like the most? Hello and welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast about people whose lives have been transformed by trying something new. Today we have Audrey McClelland, an internet influencer based in Rhode Island. I'm Audrey McClelland. I am a digital influencer. I started momgenerations.com in 2008. Actually, June 17, 2008 was the day I started. And I've just kind of evolved with social media as it has kind of become such a mainstream way of life. So yeah, but I've lived online. I call it my virtual playground, but it's been our family business for over 10 years now. Yeah. So (laughs) the thing that both of us noticed was your ability to just crank out content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's prolific. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unbelievable. Like, do you come from a a writing background or a background that like prepared you for this? Or how did you even get into this whole internet thing? You know, I got into it because I moved to New York City in uh, right out graduating from college. So 2000. And I wanted to go into journalism. I loved I always wanted to be a journalist, uh, either uh, a broadcast journalist or a written journalist, whatever I could do to I just wanted to share stories. I remember just saying that to my mother, I just want to share stories. And um, when I moved to New York City, I couldn't find a job in broadcasting that paid more than $16,000. And I had already rented an apartment. I remember that. My, my rent was $1,400 a month. And I, I did not come from a family that could support me to live in New York City. So I knew that I needed to actually support myself. Uh, my husband, who was my boyfriend then, we actually were living together at the time. And uh, I couldn't become a journalist because I couldn't afford to do that. So I went into the fashion industry which was the other, my other love was fashion. So I decided, you know what, let me see if maybe there's a, a, a marriage of the two. I had like this fashion job that I like. I was actually Donna Karen's personal assistant straight out of college. And I have always believed that the universe puts you where it should, um, even if you don't understand it at that time. So I remember just working for her and thinking to myself, wow, I get to watch this creative genius work every single day. Um, from designing to running her business to running her family. And because I was one of her assistants, she had four of them. I got to kind of see this, I mean, truly, it was front and center of of her life. And so I remember thinking at that time, you know, this is an unbelievable world to live in. Maybe I could kind of come up with something that I could share stories of the fashion world. And I remember she was a great boss. I mean, she knew that I was young. She knew I probably didn't want to be an assistant forever. But I remember her, she took me into her office one time and she goes, what exactly is it that you want to do for the rest of your life? And I said, you know, I don't know. I, I wanted to be a broadcast journalist, but I ended up here and I, I do like this job. I love the people I'm working with. So she said, well, why don't you share, why don't you sit with my husband and have him share his story? And he was actually dying of colon cancer at the time. Um, but um, he was the like the force be- behind her business. She was the creative force and he was the businessman. And I remember coming home and saying to my boyfriend at the time, my husband, but I said, wow, like she's allowing me to want to go sit with her husband and kind of listen to his story and maybe I can write it down and share that. 
And um, unfortunately, he ended up passing away pretty quickly after that. So that never happened. But what it ended up giving me the the courage to do was to look and see what was out there for somebody like me who could potentially like do some writing online, but also have to work a full-time job. And at that time, there's a website called Daily Candy in New York City. And um, I graduated from Brown and I remember reading about her in our Brown magazine. And she worked for MTV and saw this big thing called the Wild West of the Internet and decided to create a website called Daily Candy. And every day she would send an email out to people talking about one hot spot about New York City. And I thought, wow, how genius that is. Like, that's pretty easy. She goes to a restaurant, she reviews it, she writes about it, and she has a, a subscriber list of who, you know, who knew how many at that time that she was sharing these great things with. And I would read it like it was the Bible. I mean, every, whatever she wrote, I thought, wow, it's been approved by her. And um, that was the first time that I saw, wow, there might be something to this internet thing. And this is going back to, again, the year 2000. And then I remember reading that she sold to MTV for like eight to 10 million. And I thought, then there's something to this yeah. internet thing. And at that time, I was a newlywed and I had my, I was pregnant with my first baby. And I remember thinking, well, I can't, obviously I couldn't copy her, but I, I do know now what it's like to be a new mom. And I do know what it's like to be looking for a stroller and a, you know, a car seat. And I thought, well, maybe that could be my thing. I write about reviews of things for moms. And that was how I originally got into this whole thing. And I actually asked my mom, who was the English teacher um, for 30 years, because I knew I wasn't like the best writer, like at least grammar wise. She still emails me and she's like, you put the period in the wrong spot or the, like, the comma or whatever. My sister, who was my best friend anyway, and I said, you know, why don't we do this together? And so we created this website called Pinks and Blues was our first website. And we figured you either have a boy or a girl. And um, we thought we'd just become a review site. And that was how I jumped into the waters of really the internet at that time. And it wasn't called a blog. It was called an online journal. Nobody called them blogs at that time. So that was truly how we got into it. So I did love to write, but I loved to share stories. And I figured if you could share a story about a stroller review, but give your personal spin on it, I just felt like you're going to connect with people more than just saying, here are the features. This is what you need to know about it. I figured, you know what? I, I set it up and we were living in a New York City. We, lived in, we were in a studio. So I'm like, okay, so this is too big for a studio apartment. I just remember thinking, like, let's just share genuinely how it is. And that was how we got into like the world of the internet. So at that point, you've got the website. Are you also kind of building this email list as you're mm -hmm. going to, to figure out like, okay, who on earth is reading this? Yeah. Like, is anybody reading it? Right. We didn't know. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to. And at that point, the newsletter was still a kind of a really foreign world to people. Um, they wanted to know, well, what am I going to get? What are you going to send me? Is this, um, are you going to spam me? You know, how is this going to, how is this going to come to be? And I remember um, we tried to think of a spin on it. So Monday, you would get a mom review. Tuesday, you'd get a baby review. Wednesday, you'd get a toddler review. And I tried to make it where it either catered toward exactly what stage you were in, or if you were in all of them and just wanted to read about them, you could get all of them. But then I quickly realized after um, two years that the most amount of traffic on this review site was coming to our personal blog. So, um, and it truly was just us sharing stories. My sister um, was sharing stories about her life. My mom was sharing stories about being a grandmother. And I was just sharing stories about being a, you know, a mom living in New York City. Um, I had miscarried and I really was upset about that. And I remember thinking, well, let me just put this online. Maybe some, maybe if I could get one other mom who's like, I, I know what you're going through and I promise you, you will find some sort of peace in all of this. 
And that was when I really saw the power of the, the not only the internet, but the power of mom online was that women had this need to come together. And William, like William, you know, when I was younger, I remember my mom used to always say to me, you know, your grandmother liked to talk about the front porch. That was when most big decisions were made between women or talking if you had a problem with your husband or your children or whatever you were going through was always on the front porch. And I just started to see that the new front porch began to be this new world of the internet. Women felt safe. Well, you know, like women just wanted to share. And um, it was interesting to see how quickly women just became like in droves to the internet to share because it was not intimidating. Not everybody knew who you were. I could be very honest about my feelings about miscarrying or trying again for another baby. Is it going to take a long time? And I, every feeling I felt of, of being like guarded was completely down because it was just this equalizer. So that was truly for me when I thought, wow, okay, let's keep going with this personal blog and let's just keep the reviews on the website, but let's really be, have it be about the stories. So we changed the name Pinks and Blues to Mom Generations because we thought we have a generational piece here. My mom is talking about being a grandmother. I was the mom and my sister was just an aunt at that time. She's now a mother. And um, that was how we really started Mom Generations. And I know the date because I was on my way to have my fourth son at Women and Women's Hospital. Um, it was a C-section. And I remember that my web designer messaging me and saying, you're live, you're up. And I'm like, wow, this is the same day Henry's going to be born too. (laughs) So I guess, you know, two things were born in one day and, uh, both went live. They both went live. And, you know, when you mentioned the content piece, the one thing I learned very early on was, and I still, when I have new women come to me and say, I want to be a blogger, I want to be an influencer. The only way I can correlate it now is when you watch a reality show, you tune in every Tuesday at eight o'clock for a reason. If you tuned in on Tuesday and the show was a rerun or it wasn't on, you know, after a few weeks, you're going to go, I liked it, but I'm not coming back. So I learned early on that to produce as much content as possible was the only way to try to get people to keep coming back. So in my mind, I kept thinking to myself, if I can do something new every single day, it will most likely give people the opportunity to come back every single day. And I also knew that, you know, the most money people and eyeballs you get, the better chances you have to potentially make money. So that was, you know, that's still been for for 12 years. People have always said, well, what are the secrets to blogging? And I always say consistency and truly having a passion for what you're doing. And that really is the only secret. There's there's really nothing other than that. 2008 was when Mom Generations was born, but I've been doing it since 2005. That's when Pinks and Blues started? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've been been posting something every single day that entire time, or have there been Mm -hmm. a little bit of lapses? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's funny. I remember saying to my husband, I need accountability. So I started doing these series called 365 Days of something. And because fashion was my background and I, and I didn't know you have to stand out. I mean, you, I mean, I always fully believe that everybody has their own voice and their own vision of things. So there will never be too many mom bloggers. There will never be too many fitness or food. And, and it's something that a lot of bloggers disagree with me with, but I have to say, because I've been in it for so long, I really do believe that, that everybody has their own spin to something, even on a simple banana bread recipe. I'm going to have my own spin on it than somebody else. So you just, whose voice do you like the most? And, um, and I do believe that. And so when I kept, I kept thinking, well, what will make me a little bit different? And I went back and why I said, I think the universe places you in, in where you're supposed to be. I loved fashion so much. And one of the things that I remember Donna Karen always saying to me was, 
Um, I produce dresses and clothing, and it's not just to sell a dress. It's because I want to transform a woman how she feels. I want to make when I when she puts on my dress, I want her to feel like she's confident and can take on the world. And so I thought to myself, well, what better way to maybe connect with moms than through fashion? So many of us say that we lose ourselves or our top priority becomes our family or our homes. And the money that we may have spent on like a nice dress is now going to maybe a new stove. And I wanted to show them that you can still feel and look your best and not spend millions of dollars. So that became, I remember I was sitting on the couch. It was New Year's Eve and it was probably 2010 or 11. And my husband, God bless him. He, he listens to all my crazy ideas. But I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to do 365 days of fashion advice for moms. And he was like, you're going to do that all year? I said, yep, that's it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he said, all right. Cool. And then I'm also <laughs> a, like a little obsessive compulsive. And so I did it for like four years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That series. Yeah. Because I just loved coming up with different ideas and kind of trying to push the envelope a little bit. But that's how I really have stayed on top of myself with content was keeping myself accountable. And as I've gotten a little bit older now, and it's just become, you know, over a decade, there are days I'll take off and even my mom will message me. Are you all right? I don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing on Facebook. There's nothing on the blog. And I'm like, you know, I just took a family day. Yeah. <laughs> like most people have a weekend off. I just took I just took a day off. But um, yeah, the content creation is my favorite piece of it. And so it's not like you necessarily share responsibilities. I mean, I'm sure you do, but it's like you're all producing content in particular you or are you the main producer? I'm the main producer now. My mother and my sister, my sister probably about, I would say six six years ago, you know, said, you know what, I, I love being able to have this outlet to share. And my sister on our blog um, went through a divorce, got remarried, and then had three children. And so my sister, I said, you know what, I love that I have the ability to share my story here. And the doors are always open for her. Um, but she said, you know what, I think I'm ready to move on. And so my sister left and my mother was pretty much kind of like the same thing. My mom and my sister um, just, have, just said at one point, you know what, Audrey, you've taken the reins and you've run with it to try to create a business for yourself. And my mom is a, is a wonderful writer. And my mom was like, you know what, my passion is writing. And if I can write whenever I want to write on the blog, which it will always be there for her, um, she's like, then then I would love that. She goes, but we they fully understood at some point that you know what? Instead of me going out and, and doing something else, this is what I chose to do with my life. And so, yeah. So really at this point now, it's just myself just creating the content. Which is even more incredible. I mean, I just assumed it was at least somewhat shared, but to know that you're like entirely producing all yeah. of the content. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah. We split this podcast between the two of us and it still only comes out every other week. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, you guys have, you. I mean, listen, this is the only thing I do. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I always try to explain that to my sons when they're like, well, why can't you come to school for this or that? I'm like, guys, most people go do a job from like eight to four, nine to five. I said, believe it or not, this is what mom does all day. So right. it's not, I'm not home watching Hallmark as much as I want to be. I'm literally making, I'm creating content all day and I've never worked off a, like I've never had an editorial calendar. Um, I've just kind of always just kind of worked off of like what's either trending or what I feel like writing about. So the content for me is just something that I just love to do every day. Just wake up and, or I'll plan it out for a week. I do a lot of fashion stuff now. So if I have my husband on Sundays, we do like a week, a week's worth of photos or videos, and then I'll just pop them up throughout the week. To that point, what's your day look like? Like what's your ritual and, and rhythm for doing this? Gig. As I've grown with my blog, I have created other digital properties. Yeah. So um, I created Permission to Hustle, which is a private Facebook group for specifically for women. 
Um, I'm very passionate about women going after their dreams and helping them create something from nothing. It's just like a big passion of mine. So my um, best friend, who is um, a fellow blogger, she lives in Long Island. We met at a blogging conference, and um, we are we created Permission to Hustle truly for women to actually give them permission to hustle. I'm running that every day with her, and we're a partnership. So in the morning when I wake up, that's like the first thing I go to. Just I, I go, we make sure we're posting in there about three to five times a day, and then we're engaging throughout the day. I'll plan out my blog post for the day. We do three videos a week on YouTube, and we each we assign each other a day. So like this morning, I woke up, I got my permission to hustle stuff up, I edited my video, got that up on YouTube for permission to hustle, and then I go to my mom generation's world. And then I get my content up. Specifically today was a specific day online for people. So I was posting like crazy in a lot of my Facebook groups. Um, There's a lot of fashion deals right now out there for the holidays. So I wanted to make sure I was posting at least 10 to 15 times today. I just task myself with things. So I'm constantly doing um, Pinterest graphics. Oh gosh. I mean, every day is different. Infographics sort of like with different outfits and pairing things. Yeah. Well, like I'll go to all my old content and like I try to do five a day. I'll go to all my old content on mom generations and i will literally create a new graphic for pinterest Ah, and i'll repin it yeah Um, i I know i need to do that so there's just like things that now and i don't have anybody that works with me so i know a lot of it is on my shoulders and it can get very overwhelming and can get very stressful at times i also pitch throughout the day so every day i will at least send out like two to three pitches cold pitches to people because that's how I, I make my, my money. That's how I actually create business. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, every day is different, but I mean, most, most days it is just, I put on my permission to hustle hat. I put on my mom generations hat and, um, and I just live in those two worlds completely. And these pitches are advertiser sponsors, uh, that sort of. Thing? It's kind of cold pitching a lot of people. So right. I'll get emails throughout the day from like press releases or my business partner and I, what we love to do is on the phone and go, okay, so listen, who would be great? Who'd be a great sponsor for? We we actually host retreats throughout the country. Um, so we have one coming up February 29th to March 5th, and it's called a Permission to Hustle Retreat. And we bring together 40 women, and it's a mastermind for five days. And everybody that comes, we our hope is that you come with a list of things that you want to accomplish, and you leave with the tools to go do that. And we've been to so many conferences throughout the years where you do leave going, oh, did I did I get something out of that? Uh, was it worth the investment? And, um, you know, we just felt let's just bring 40 women together in a small capacity to see what happens when there's no husbands, there's no kids, it's just them. Mm-hmm. And we and we love to bring them out. We bring them out on a boat. We, we always partner with a with a carnival cruise or a cruise line so that you're literally out to sea and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> wow. And there's not even internet connection. Like the Wi-Fi is always, we're not always sure how it's going to be, but... The best thing is, is that women actually come together to support women and help women. And so right now we're in the throes of trying to get sponsorships for that specific retreat. So every day we're kind of, okay, so like who could we potentially like reach out to? Who would be a great partner for this? And then we also, my my business partner Vera and I, who do permission also with, we also do consulting and businesses for small businesses because we know that social media is a necessary evil to some of them. And a lot of people, like, you know, my husband's a small business owner. And his nine nine to five or twenty four seven is solely concentrating on selling and his product and social media is a part of it, 
but it's not something that he potentially has a background in or knows. Right. So or wants to be involved in. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's tough and we get it. So we actually work with about five companies or five small businesses that we, we run their social media and we help them out because we know it's important, but we understand it and we get it and we know what will work and what won't work and what will get engagement, what won't get engagement. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of, it's funny because, you know, as I'm sure you guys know too, like you kind of go through your day and you don't think about it. Right. And I never think about what I do or how I'm doing it. But I think, you know, every person knows you because you just throw your head down, you just blast through whatever's on that to-do list. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's a lot. Please pardon this brief interruption where we tell you a bit about sponsoring. You can do it, do it. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so for as little as $50. Just visit youcandoitdoit.com slash sponsor to learn more. Thanks. A friend of mine just shared one of her favorite quotes with me the other day. I forget who said it, but it was, um, if you don't decide how to spend your time, somebody else will. And so... You know, I'm thinking of that as you're you're saying, you know, as you're talking about all the things that you've decided to do, like these are things that you actively just want to show up for. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure, you know, part of your process is figuring out like, okay, how I have X amount of hours in the day. Mm -hmm. I have kids, husband, mm -hmm. other responsibilities, and I'm sure friendships you want to maintain, a yeah. gym routine, actually getting sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, you know, as a kind of solo entrepreneur outfit, trying to figure out like, okay, what are the things that I want to spend or focus mm -hmm. my time on? What, what are some things that you said no to sort of outside of the things you're doing now that like you are so happy to, to let go? If, if you can share that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's kind of like a twofold for me. I've had to say no. I've had to make a lot of sacrifices when it comes to, um, I would say, you know, friendships or stuff that I, that I would love to do, but I just can't fit it in. I remember someone said to me a long time ago, she's like, you know, as she was an entrepreneur and she goes, as you get moving with your business, you're going to quickly discover that you have a very limited amount of time in life and you're going to realize where that time should be focused on. And you're going to have to say, or at least let go to a lot of things that you just don't have time. I'm 41 now. And as I'm getting older now, I'm like, Ugh, I, I'm so glad I've let go of that friendship. You know, sometimes it's just like <laughs> women crazy things. But, you know, I think one thing I've realized as I've gotten along is that I started to try to partner with other people along the way. My, my business partner with different potential events or digital properties that we wanted to create. And I've had to say no to a lot of those things because I do know that I don't, I, I work very well with my friend Vera. And I think that if you can find like a work relationship that just works really well, I kind of always joke with her that I've had like two moments in my life where I've met my soulmate. I mean, when I met my husband and when I met her, <laughs> but in completely two different capacities. Yeah. And I say, you know, when I met you, it was like, oh gosh, there, there she is. And this was who I was supposed to start my business with and create a life with in terms of business. And we, we work so well together that we've easily now be able to say no to people that we know. We go, you know what? I just don't think it's going to be a good partnership. As much as we like you and we're friends outside of the business world, I don't think we have time for it. And I don't think it will. And now I'm trying to think too, to your point, I do have five kids and I do have a husband and I don't want to work at this life and not make a life for myself. And the older I'm getting, I'm realizing the goals that I had when I was younger, like, oh, I would love to buy a, a, the biggest house on the water. Now I just want to have a nice house for my family. Like, you know, all of a sudden these goals that like I had when I was like a kid, the older I'm getting, um, you, you can let go of them so much easier. Like, no, I don't need to drive the fanciest car. I just need a car that's going to fit all seven of us, yeah. you know, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> right. 
But, you know, those are the kind of things that become easier now to focus on and to go, so where is my, where should my focus be? And my children have grown up with social media. You know, they've been the focus of my blog. You know, I always joke, I went into the business of being a mom. But now my sons are, one of them's in high school. And it's not my story to tell his story anymore. So I'm even seeing my content need to be shifted and kind of altered because I don't want what I'm sharing to be something that he doesn't want shared. So I'm coming now into a new territory where, um, you know, even my, my son just what got hurt. And he said to me, can you not share that? I don't, I don't want it really on the, on your blog. And I respect that. And, you know, and so now my, it's funny, like even my business now is shifting and changing. And, um, and I understand that it's just, it's a, it's appropriate. And, you know, before where I could kind of you know, joke about what it's like to have four boys that are like under five. Well, now those four boys are teenagers and, you know, they have, they have friends that are online or on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat and, or TikTok. They die that I have a TikTok account, (laughs) but, um, but I understand that. And I, and I, and, and, but I've always said to them, you know what, like, this is the business that I've created. And as long as we, as long as we're on the same page, like there's going to be things that I need you all in a picture for. We had to put, we had to put matching pajamas on recently. (laughs) And I could tell my oldest son was a little hesitant, but you know, I said, you know what, William, this is the, I'm not asking for you by yourself. I'm asking for you with the family. And this is what mom does. You know, this is my job. And, and I need you to also respect that. I never put anybody in a situation that I knew was going to be something that you shouldn't do. But, um, you know, we've, we've often joked that, you know, if we're at a restaurant, they're like, do we put the 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 actual like logo out like you know it's, a, it's like a family <laughs> right. joke right. but um but they've grown up with social media and you know and that even as me as a mom allowing them to be on social media I've often thought it's been very good to our family it has supported our family for a decade so I'm okay with social media but I see you know I I it to a point so but um yeah I've I've had to let go of a lot I definitely have the sacrifices of friendships have been very difficult. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends don't work and, you know, they, their biggest stress is working out sometimes. And that's often, you know, like, oh, I wish that, you know, that must be nice. But then I'm like, but would it be, I don't know. I really love what I do. Yeah. I mean, after talking with you for 25 minutes, it seems like that would probably be your own personal hell. Right. Honestly, (laughs) like, I know my, I'm like, if you were an orthodontist, what would I do? You know, I'm like my next life. But, um, he, you know, and my husband's an entrepreneur, so we understand each other. But, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, I was just talking about that with somebody the other day. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of people. You you become focused on the people that get you, and aren't going to judge you, and aren't going to be. And that's actually where Permission to Hustle started from. I remember I was at the bus stop, and a mom came to the bus stop, and she said, um, it "Must be so tough for your husband to always be watching the kids because you're away so much." And and I remember in that moment going, wow, like she just doesn't know me. And um, I've never been one to walk around and talk about what I do and to talk about the sacrifices of the hard work or, you know, the up till 2 a.m. and then up at 6 a.m. to get stuff done, like content creation. Like you guys understand content creation. Like a lot of people just don't, they just think, oh, it's just a post, just pop it up. And I remember like being at that bus stop and just crying and this woman being very taken aback by it. And I went home and I called my friend Vera up. And I said, this mom doesn't even know. She thinks that I literally don't do anything, like that I, I don't do anything with my kids. It's just my husband. And little does she know, like I'm supporting our family. Do I want to be away? No. Do I have to be away? Yes. Like sometimes it's just the way it is. 
And so I'm crying and I'm like, when did I have to give people per like permission so that I can hustle? Why is it her problem whether I give myself permission to hustle? My friend's like, stop, see if that URL is available right now. And <laughs> that is how, yes, oh and gosh. that is how it came to be. She, uh, through my tears, she, she saw an opportunity. She's like, stop, stop. <laughs> And um, that's a great business partner. Yeah, she truly. She was like, "Stop, stop! How can we monetize this? How can we monetize your tears?" And um, she's like, "I get that this is an emotional moment for you, but we really." Can right, she's like, "I on get this. it." As she's typing away on GoDaddy to <laughs> right, see if right. it's available, and um, and that was literally how it came to be. Was wow. just you know someone really loving to judge and well, and it's sort of ridiculous that I mean, like it if he was working like all the time or something and you were a stay at home mom or something like no one would have said anything, anything to him. Ever. But for you, it's like, Oh, you're away from your children. Right. And first off, like you said, she doesn't know if you actually are or not, right. but also like people go to work every day and some people are stay at home dads and that's totally, and that's fun. just how it is. It's totally normal. Mm -hmm. Like it's just cultural perspective. Just, it truly is. Yeah. It truly is. So yeah. You riled up. It did actually. And yeah. It made me lose track of what my question was going to be. <laughs> I was like, That's stupid. And he, my husband was a stay-at-home dad yeah. for six years, and awesome. um, and and you know, I always said to him, you know, you'll never get, we'll never get that time back. You know, mm. to have four sons who got to be home with their father, and also to shift that. I loved having my sons watch a strong female because I felt like that's important for them to see. Yeah. But having their father be home didn't lessen anything either. Like I love that he did like all the laundry and he did took care of the house and he picked them up from school and he was on the PTO. Like I thought that they needed to see that too. I thought that was just as important, especially yeah. having four sons. Yeah. So um, yeah, when she said that to me, it really just, it really bothered me in a way that I didn't think it would. Usually I'm pretty good at like brushing off, like, you know, listen, I'm online You get negative feedback and it's just like a necessary evil. But that for some reason really got me. And so but, you know, I did. We turned it into something good. We turned it into permission to hustle for that very reason so that women didn't have to feel like that. Like, because no one knows the circumstances as to why people work so hard. You know, and that is the crux of it. I I needed to work. I, I did not have any, you know, my husband at that time, again, was a stay-at-home dad. My husband also had cancer um, six years ago. And um, it was abdominal cancer. So when people ask, you know, so why is it that you work so hard? Why is it that you, why, why is it that you had to put your head down and kind of swim with, without looking side to side? Like, why was it so important to succeed? Well, I knew my husband was sick and I had four children and there really was no option to fail at that point. And so that I guess is, has always been my big thing is like, you don't know someone's story until you ask. And I've never been somebody to, like wear it on my on my shirt. Like, oh, this is why. I've just always kind of been very happy with our with what we do. But um, but sometimes you need to ask why someone works so hard and what the the motivation is because you, you might not always get the answer you think you're gonna get. Sorry, I'm just getting like all the feels right now. Did your work inspire your husband to do an entre entrepreneurial venture, or was that just something he just happened to be at that point where he's like, oh, I want to do this now? You know, we never kind of. I actually always thought he would do the blog with me because he mm. lo he does all the video and the um, photography for me. But then when he did get sick, he started building a garden in our backyard, and he just um, you know some people. You know, like he said, you know, some people do yoga, some people run. He goes, for me, it's gardening. I like to touch the earth. I like to, I want to create something. And so I genuinely thought he was just going to build a little garden in the backyard that was maybe, I don't know, 10 feet by 10 feet. He said, I just want to, I want an area. Turn into 30 feet by 60 feet. 
Jeez. It was a farm. I said, we've gone beyond garden. This is a farm. <laughs> like we were producing so much food. It was yeah. insane. And I knew we hit, I knew we had hit that level when I asked him one day, I'm like, so are you planting onions? And he was like, well, yellow, white, and purple. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we actually, we've hit a, a point of no return here. <laughs> right. And, um, and he built this like, you know, six tiered area in our yard for it. And I understood at that point in his life, he needed that. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, and until I guess you go through it, you don't know what you're going to need. And he needed that. So he built it. And then he had so much extra produce. He ended up getting um, recipes from his grandmother that um, were like pickles and, and jams and jellies. And we had so many tomatoes and so many peppers and so many of everything. He's like, let me just try to see if I can make some of these. And so he was going to go to like um, farmer's markets. And then, you know, it's just sometimes... It gets, it's, it's, you just never know. But he went to a farmer's market and someone from Whole Foods was there, like a, a, a regional buyer. Yeah. And she said, oh, wow, we're actually looking for like some local uh, products to put in our store. And so our business was born. So it was called, it's called the Backyard Food Company. So it wasn't, yeah, literally for the backyard. Yeah. And, it, and so truly, he always really kind of was going to jump in with me. And then that, and he still helps tremendously. But that is the focus now is his so yeah so now we're two 100 percent entrepreneurs what what did that do for you in that moment like was there any change it, it made me you know it, it definitely made me work harder because i genuinely really started to look at life with you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and um you know and, and actually what he went through brought two things which were great we ended up having a fifth baby which we had never planned on having and that was a wonderful surprise that we, we you know we were done with four and then we decided to have another one and um, so I always say to him, like, that that was great. And then uh, obviously it was great. We had a girl, so it was a little different. And to be honest with you, even that kind of shifted my blog. My blog was, I was always known as the boy mom. That shifted the content creation completely. And also um, I was sharing his story. And so that kind of content also kind of shifted the blog. But I think more than anything, it just made me, it honestly made me work harder because I genuinely became very aware of, Oh my God, like what if something happens? Like I'm gonna be, I have four kids. And I and I the whole idea of supporting my family took on a whole different level. And if any, if you if you ask people in my personal life, they probably would say there was the Audrey before this happened who was very driven. And then after everything happened with Matt, it was like a, a manic level of of drivenness. And I don't think in a bad way. I just genuinely became very focused on really supporting my family and whatever I needed to do. And, uh, and I became very like laser focused on what will work and what won't work for our life in terms of work. I mean, I take on a lot of projects, but I, it's always very for a reason. And I always believe too, especially in social media, is that you cannot have all your eggs in one basket. Um, I have friends with one tiny Google algorithm change, their traffic has plummeted or with Pinterest or with Instagram. So I've always been aware that, you know, I really do need to scale a business. And after everything happened with my husband, I thought, okay, so let's really scale this business so that there is different pockets of income. There are different ways to make money. I can make money doing events. I can make money doing, you know, my my sponsored content on my blog. I can make money consulting. Um, I started to really be aware of of scaling after everything happens. And what's your, your favorite platform to be on this, these days? Probably Facebook. Still. Yeah. Still Facebook. Yeah. I because only because I, I have a few private groups. One's called Fashion Over 40. 
totally uh, going right for the the 40 and over crowd. That's perfect. But that's the demographic on Facebook. Yeah. And um, I love I do like Instagram. I just feel like it's turned into a very unrealistic. I remember Pinterest used to be that. Well, I'm not a Pinterest mom. And I feel like Instagram has turned into, well, I'm not like that. I'm not an Instagram person. Mm. Um, very highly, you know, uh, stylized. It's, you know, everybody said, well, they people like the real photos. Oh, do they? Like, you know, right. like you just never really know. But I like Facebook because it did. Like if you look at the demographics, it's still very skewed to people my age who I'm trying to connect with. Yep. And and I get a lot more engagement on Facebook than a- any other platform. It's the one that I look for in the morning. Like that's mm-hmm. the one I go to every morning first is Facebook. I don't know anything else really has eclipsed like the groups thing with Facebook no. either. Like any other platform where you can Mm-mm. get together and have that sense of community and stuff. Yeah. And I do like that. And I think that Facebook is why I know they're trying to push the groups right now and the communities. And I love that. I think it's an important thing for them to do because I do I do think that we are most likely aging out of Facebook as the kids get, you know, my kids are TikTok and Snapchat. Um, and even my niece, who's 20, is very focused on Instagram and Snapchat. She has a Facebook account, but she's never on it. Right. So I'm always kind of aware. She's kind of ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, right. I'm I, I have an account. I'm like, hardly on. I have it, but it's on. really for the events. Right. Yeah. Yet I see you on ev- liking everything. So how are you kind of on? No. It's a bot. Don't worry. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, like, I just like everything you do. Yeah. Right, right. It's just you're the only one that's flagged. Facebook, I, I think, is an interesting platform to be on. And I, a lot of people have been burned by Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, mm. especially publishers, content creators who are used to this like wonderful stream of people and attention. Yes. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, say all the point sudden, about but, algorithms, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Facebook yes. says, hey, mm-hmm. we want to sell ads. You're getting a tenth of the traffic you used to, but you can pay to boost this post. Right. Right. And it's it's kind of like, uh, what is it? The, the dog that bites the hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it feeds you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it, everything is so pay to play now. And Instagram is getting that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's unfortunate because, and I get it. It's a business. I understand Facebook's a business and Instagram is a business. But um, it really does hurt the content creators right. who are a lot of them. They don't have a marketing budget. Like, I don't have a marketing budget. It's, you know, it's I'm not a major company like that I can come in with a you know, $50,000 to put towards one campaign. And that's a drop in the bucket for them. And you're not really selling a product on Mm -mm. Facebook necessarily, unless it's like for an event, you know, registering for that. It doesn't really make sense for you to promote content that's like going to help people. Right. I don't need to pay to help people. Right. You know, <laughs> you can I hopefully mean, discover you. That's it. Yeah. I know. It's so, true. so Facebook's kind of pay to play to boost. Instagram is becoming that way. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube kind of works the other way though, right? With, mm-hmm. you know, your, your subscribers, YouTube, you, you could, you actually make money from YouTube, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. you can. And, um, and I work? do like YouTube. I, I love YouTube. I, I actually am on an advisory board with them for their, um, app called, uh, YouTube kids. Oh, awesome. So they brought five of us moms, uh, maybe three or four years ago when they were going to create it and ask for our feedback on it, what we thought would work, what wouldn't work. And then as different rollouts have happened, we've been advising them on what we like, what we don't like. The other thing with YouTube now is because of the crackdown on kid content, a lot of our friends have really taken a hit. It's because you can't get comments anymore, which used to boost your um, your algorithm there. It's just unfortunate, but I understand. I mean, there were pedophiles on YouTube. And um, so I get it, but I do, you know, I, I, so we have a YouTube channel where we do like just business videos, my VR, my business partner and I, and, you know, I think if, if you have a YouTube channel that stays away from kid content, it really is a, the place to be. I mean, I was watching something the other night where 500 hours of content is uploaded every minute on YouTube. Same. It's crazy. <laughs> 500 hours every minute. 
Um, so you, the, the chances of being discovered or known or getting paid are pretty high on YouTube if you're hitting a good topic. So unfortunately, in the parenthood space, they're just really cracking down. Yeah. But it's it's good in the sense where it's making content creators, um, myself included, to go, well, then where could I play on YouTube? Right. Where would be a good space for me to do what I love, but make sure that it's, you know, really like okay content that I'm not going to be penalized by YouTube. It's, it's, I always say to people, it's all these different areas. They're just making you up your game. Like how much better can you be? But a lot of us don't have the tools or, you know, the production behind us or teams of people to do what we want to do. So it's a lot of us are just one band shows and it's tough, but you know, I think that's what kind of gives us the drive to keep going because we are, me, myself, and I doing everything. Now, tell me about TikTok a little bit because I'm curious. I, I, JP and I, I think would both say, wow, we're too old for TikTok. Yeah. No, oh, I'm I am. I know you're all you're about on TikTok. It. I'm like a dinosaur. <laughs> um, so what, what is TikTok? Honestly, it's ridiculous, but it's just, it's um, minute long. It's a minute or less long videos okay. that are just um, funny or clever or um, silly. Like my sons love to watch like pranks on it, but they're very short, fast and furious videos. And you can comment and you can heart and, you know, you can obviously uh, skip them if you want. But I think it's where, quite frankly, everything is, is kind of shifting right now. And I think that our attention span uh, for content creation for a video in particular has gotten to the point where it has to be a minute or less, which is crazy. But it's what the kids are, that's what they're consuming. It's an interesting strategy now when even we're creating content to try to think, well, how can we create something in less than a minute on video that's going to keep someone's attention? So it is a constant push. But TikTok, I mean, I have a friend who her and her daughter this summer started doing uh, DIY fun hair tutorials and she blew up. Oh, I mean, cool. they have like three million followers now. They do like a time lapse. Yes, yeah, so like time lapses up. or they'll put like fun colored chalk in her in, in her daughter's hair. Her daughter's beautiful. And they do it together. It's a mom and daughter team. Mm-hmm. And I think it really just resonated really quick with a lot of like young girls and how fun that is and like this cool mom. And so, you know, you never kind of know. And this girl has been blogging as long as I have. And she actually had posted something on Facebook and, and she's a great woman. And she, you know, it's funny, like I've worked so hard and then look at this on this platform, we blew up in a right. very short amount of time. And I think that's the, I think that for, for a lot of people now is, wow, can I blow up overnight? Can this happen? And it doesn't happen to everybody, but it it's hard really, to manufacture. I mean, it I really is. You have exactly to be genuine. To do that. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so TikTok, but I do think it's funny because even when I we're talking to brands, we're doing consulting for different brands that we're like, you know, you have to be on TikTok somehow. I don't know how it's going to work for you in particular, but yeah, if you're Coca-Cola, you gotta you have to start thinking of ways that you're going to connect with that audience. Right. If you're Hasbro, you better start thinking of ways you're going to connect with that audience. So it is something that's going to be a shift. And it's something that all of us who started so many years ago, we constantly have to be ahead of the curve. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges I think of what, any of us do is okay so what's next like how can we be on that because you can't just tap out because if you tap out that that's going to be a place you have to be you know when i started there was there was nothing else and then twitter and i'm like all right let me try twitter and then facebook for people other than college kids i'm like all right let me let me hop on and then youtube i'm like all right i mean i actually remember being at a conference with a girl and she was on youtube and i and she was a, a big youtuber at that time this is probably like 10 years ago and it was right when YouTube was really just kind of getting to be more mainstream. Like people actually knew what it was. And she was like, well, I know the guy that puts the videos on the homepage. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine knowing that guy now? <laughs> right. I mean, you coun't pay that for that. That guy's a computer. Right. 
right. She was like, oh, I know him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. how His do you know Ralph. him? His name's Ralph. Right. <laughs> he can put 10 videos up a day. I couldn't believe it. She was like, and that's when YouTube was. And again, this is, had to be at least 10 years ago. But I'm like, wow, like that's, if you think of, I always use that story to show people just how much all these different channels and social media outlets change is like she knew someone on YouTube who helped her get on the homepage. It's an interesting relationship though, because if you think about, I mean, right now we're on a podcast, right? right? Podcasts are very like slow and developed mediums <laughs> in a lot of ways, like very contrary to how video is like videos becoming shorter and shorter, like mm -hmm. the attention span shorter. I wonder if it's something about the visual medium or if it's the people listening. Cause I mean, the other day I was hanging out with my uh, nieces and nephews and one of my nephews is like 11 years old and he was sitting uh, on the couch listening to a podcast. It was like a 40 minute podcast. And he listened. And he listened, but he's, you know, he's on Instagram watching tiny little stories. He's on YouTube watching short videos, but then he puts on a podcast and he just sits there and listens yeah. to it. I wonder what, I, I mean, there's not exactly a question here, but I'm just hearing you talk about like the future shorter, shorter, shorter. And you're absolutely right, obviously. Um, but then there's podcasts on the other end that are only becoming more popular. They really are. It's funny. I was just at a conference in October and this woman said, I know I've said this for years. She goes, but podcasting is the next big thing that everybody should be doing. And she said, I, and I, she's like, I've said this for like three or four years. She goes, but now is the time. Right. She's like, because it is what the future is going to be. It is like no longer going to be. And she even said video will be filtered out like the longer video, which it is. But she said, you know, podcasting is going to be replacing. She goes, you can listen to a podcast when you're working out. You can listen to a podcast when you're in the car. You can listen to a podcast when you're just hanging out at home. She goes, you're cooking dinner. She's like, I think about the possibilities. And I'm like, wow, that really is the truth. It is, you know, I mean, I listen to podcasts now when I work out. I mean, it really just is. I don't even listen to music anymore. It's just I find podcasts I like and I just binge. So, you know, I, you know, you, you're right. So we'll see. Now, are you doing a podcast now? We do a Permission to Hustle podcast. Yeah. Um, and we just, and we actually just take all of our videos and we just strip the audio. Yeah. So they're not as um, probably professional as they should be. But to the point of what that woman said, you know, you really should have your podcast out there. And uh, yeah, so it's geared towards women, just business advice. And it's just called Permission to Hustle. It's awesome. So well, hopefully people listen to it who, uh, who listen to this show. I know. Hopefully hop over yeah. there. How often do you uh, release a podcast? We were doing them once a week before, and then now... Um, so you take the three videos and kind of push them together into a single podcast? Well, we, we started actually, which was becoming difficult to do because of our, of our schedules, but we started actually interviewing women that we thought were um, like really cool, inspirational women that would potentially give someone some inspiration. Hmm. And, um, and we love doing it, but it was just getting too difficult with everything else to try to line up somebody every week. So, um, yes, we ended up just taking all of our YouTube videos and just stripping the, and, you know, we talk about, I mean, today's was how to leave a professional voicemail. I mean, as wow. much as, yeah. you yeah. know, it sounds like a, like, no, like a lot of people don't know how to leave a voice, like a, a professional voicemail yeah, sure. or, um, Instagram strategies, uh, just like things like that, that we just feel like are trending in the, in the female business space. Um, you know, ways to work from home. So we kind of just, whatever video we do, we strip it and we pop it up. You've actually mentioned it a couple of times. One was the Pinterest example of, Hey, I've got all this content that I've mm -hmm. made. Just like make a graphic for it and put it up on Pinterest and people will find exactly the, the stuff that you've already been generous and put out into the world. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's similar with the YouTube stuff that you're doing with the podcast. It's a, a wonderful strategy for saying, Hey, there's this stuff that I did that's really valuable. If people had a different way of engaging with it, right. I bet that they would value it as much as the people who came in through the front door. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think like, do you, we try to like, just really just kind of, we always say like recycle the content as much as we can, because we know that the audiences are different. Yeah. 
So we just never know who is going to be, um, you know, I know the audience on Instagram is always different than on YouTube. And obviously YouTube and, and even our podcast, it's always a different audience. So, um, and then we in our Facebook group, we share, uh, we share when we have something live. So if you prefer a video or a podcast, you can check it out there. Have you done any experimentation with like Facebook Live or Instagram Live? I used to do a bunch of uh, Facebook Live. How'd that go? I love it. Like I love doing, uh, I mean, I, I think I had told you guys when I started, I always wanted to be a broadcast journalist. That yeah. was like my, I just wanted to be Katie Couric. <laughs> so um, the Facebook Live for me, I loved because I really love live video. I think it, I think it really shows who you are as a person. Um, you can't edit. You can't start over. Uh, you kind of go to roll with the punches. If you mess up, you mess up. You just got to you know, under pressure. And Instagram Live is a, obviously the same way. So I really do. I love that. I stopped doing a lot of the Instagram Live because now a lot of the video I've been doing is very fashion focused. So I've, I've needed the editing ability to go from outfit to outfit to outfit. But um, <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold you just on. run into the other a whole different audience if I started getting naked One of your in front kids of is just kind of dancing right. in the whole video. Right, a whole different audience. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want that audience quite yet. Um, it doesn't do well on a podcast No, it doesn't do well on a podcast. Yeah, right. You're like, <laughs> um, so, but I do. I love the live. I love yeah. it. I think it's really, I think it's fun. I think it's great. A lot of people don't like it. And I just think it's uh I think it's a really cool way to actually get to really see somebody. Because I think the thing is too on a blog, it's so it's such the written word that when you can do any kind of video or whether it's live or or not or even like a podcast, I think people really get to like even when you send a text to somebody, like until you know it, it could come across rude to somebody, but then when you say, "Oh no, no, I meant it," like, "Where are you? I've been dying to see you." Not like, "Where are you?" You know, it's it's like right. it's a whole different <laughs> um, how you're how you take it, and I think that that's important for for a lot of us who produce content and create content to make sure people know that it's, this is the voice, this is the person, and this is who I am. So you either like me or you don't. Feels like a permission to hustle episode though. Telling people how to like engage with someone and not miscommunicate what right, you're trying to true. say. You it's know, like, true. like you go through emails and texts and people, you're like, oh my God, this person hates me. And then you get on right. the phone and you're like, oh, we're totally cool. Right, we're fine. Yeah, we're, we're fine. fine. When is gonna pick yeah. up the phone? When yeah. pick up the phone. I know Vera sure. and I always do that when you know she'll text me really quick or I'll text her and I'm like, does she mean that really? Or let me call her up because I, right. I hope I didn't insult her. Mm. And uh, you know, because because you just never know, you know. But I mean, now we know each other so well. We know, we know. But I remember yeah. when we first started texting. She's like, I, I said to my husband, is she mad at me? I'm like, no, <laughs> right. you know, I'm not like that. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, it's very much not a culture of picking up the phone either. So, and I love the phone. So it's it's different. You know, I do. I, I'm a talker. Do you have any recommendations? People that you've learned from, inspiration. You know, mm -hmm. that that you draw from. Do you have other people you'd recommend? Yeah, I love. Um, well, my friend Vera Sweeney. She's uh, has the blog Lady in the Blog. She is somebody that um, she's always inspired me. She's a very hard worker. She's also the uh, breadwinner in her family. So I feel like we just connected immediately because of that. We both kind of have the same drive, which I, I feel really kind of bonds at us. But um, yeah, there's a lot of women online. Um, one woman, Maddie James, her name is, uh, she is always so inspirational over Instagram. Her stories, uh, she gives great quotes, great business advice. Uh, just really somebody that I always love to tap into when I'm just kind of having a tough day. Um, there's a podcast called The Champagne Diet that uh, is a really, it's a very inspirational uh, That's an podcast. Amazing name. Is that cool? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> and uh, she's just like a go getter and she's all about like female empowerment and uh, just living really your best life on your own terms. And I, I just really, I, I just gravitate towards, uh, 
towards women like that. I just kind of always have, and I probably always will. That's one that I love. I have a friend too, her name is Renee Seiler, and she's somebody that is just, uh, she was a broadcast journalist, and then she turned into a, a content creator, and I've just always loved her. Just like people that, I just love being around people that kind of just make you feel good. Like just kind of bring it up. Uh, you know that if you're having a bad day, you can kind of tap into their content or even just pop them a quick message and they're going to make you feel better. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's probably, there's so many people, but I keep saying this, but as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm surrounding myself more and more and more with women mm. that I just genuinely, um, really just love to be around because they are all very positive and upbeat. And, uh, you know, the glass is always half full and those are the kind of women I just love to be around. So it's kind of a circle of influence concept. It really is, you know, and, and I have actually a mastermind on online, a Facebook group that there's eight of us in the group. We've just been really great friends and we help each other out. And, uh, I think if you can find more and more people like that in your life then and my husband's one of those people i mean he's like you know we've been through the whole this whole journey together my sister uh my brothers you know just like just people that just genuinely like just are there to help without judgment just they just support that's it great to have those people around you it really is you know a lot of people don't have those people so you know and i always say you know i always feel bad that they don't that they don't so that's why, you know, even for Permission Hustle, like if you don't have that person, we kind of want to be that person for you because we know it's not a lot of being online uh, a content creation. You're by yourself. You know, you're kind of you have no office mates, you have no colleagues and it's very isolating and it can be very, um, very tough. So I think that it's important for other women and men to know that, listen, there's other people out there doing the same thing. So we just got to find each other and not be afraid to say, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of isolated right now. I kind of just need to, to talk to somebody. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, so I do like having that space online of those people that are there for you. You mentioned a couple of times, uh, not related to the business specifically, but just like the universe puts you where you're supposed mm -hmm. to be. And I, I like that as a, as a concept, but I wonder, do you have advice for people about how they listen to it? Right? Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, sometimes something like pushes you in a direction and you, you resist against that. Like mm -hmm. How do you try to listen for where you're supposed to be? 2008. 18, I remember like for like three or four months, it was like I had like the driest spell of my life work-wise. And there was like no work and, and and nothing. And I remember just being so down. I'm trying to listen to the universe in every way. You know, I'm believing in the law of attraction. I'm like, how much more positivity can I put out there? Like, I, you know, everybody <laughs> says you put it out, it comes back. Um, and I remember like living like that for four months, like, okay, it's a, it's a great day. And not even like just like BSing it, like genuinely going, I'm gonna... The universe has to bring me, you know, something. And I remember just being like, well, then sometimes you just have to kind of create your own opportunity. Like if you're just not, if you're not listening to it, if you're not, if you're unhappy, if, it, if you're not feeling it's coming to you and, and, or if it's there and it's knocking and you're not even looking at it. I remember like looking back like months later and saying to my husband, those were the most foremost productive months of my life because it made me sit down and create the retreat template. How are we going to do these permission hustle retreats? It made me sit down and go that I'm going to pitch a business for myself three times, like three times a day. And I bitch Dunkin' Donuts and Tide and Clair Clairol. And <laughs> I remember like sitting down and just being like, okay, so then if I'm not aware of it, or if it's not feeling like it's coming to me, then I just have to create it myself. And I have to just be proactive. And that's what I what I, again, I didn't see it at that point, yeah. but looking back months later, I've, I thought, wow, those were very productive months, even though it was very scary because there weren't any opportunities that were monetizing things for me. Yeah. It still helped me get into the like position of potentially getting more opportunities in business. And it ended up opening more doors. 
yeah, it, it can be very scary. But I remember thinking, okay, so I, uh, if this is what the, what is right now, then I have to be very proactive in making magic happen at some point. And I, you know, it's easier said than done, believe me. And I am a very positive person. And I know that not everybody in, innately can be that positive. I think that it's something that you sometimes just have to do. If you don't see a door, you build one. You know, if you if you if you if you don't like what you're doing and you want it to be different, then make it be different. You know, I kind of always live in the philosophy: we have one life, let's just make it a great one. So I don't know if that is a great answer for it, but no, I think that was really helpful. And yeah. I like uh, if you don't see a door, build one. Yeah, yeah. I mean that kind of sums it up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, sometimes the universe actually gives you a gap. Right. That says, right. hey, there's nothing happening right now. It's on you to figure it out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember like thinking, I didn't like the world didn't end. We didn't lose our house. Like, I actually remember thinking that. Like, it, it was okay. You're still like, here. you had to be scared in order to know that you can come out of it. I don't want it to happen again. But, um, <laughs> but at least I know, you know what? There's people that, that are there to help, and you're going to be okay. So, yeah, it was a tough lesson. But, I, but again, I think that we all just have to remember that, you know, there's lessons to be learned in everything. As much as we don't see it at that point. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, this was this was so wonderful having. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, you guys so much. Thank you. A lot of fun. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to You Can Do It, Do It. We really enjoyed having Audrey on this episode of the show. And if you want to learn more about what she's up to, you can visit youcandoitdoit.com for relevant links and all the show notes for this episode. The theme music, as always, is provided by Night Swim. It's a song called Fiji that we absolutely love, and it's on so many of our playlists that we've made over this past year. And last but not least, if you like the show and want to uh, sponsor us or become a patron, you can do so at youcandoitdoit.com slash sponsor. And as always, uh, it's really just a pleasure doing this, and we uh, can't wait to release another one of these. So we'll see you in a couple weeks, and thanks so much. Bye.